Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Well, good morning and thank you for joining us today as we continue on our Summer Sabbath series. And I hope this morning finds you refreshed. I hope you're enjoying a meal with someone. I hope there's pancakes and there's bacon involved and most definitely fresh roasted coffee. Uh, Our prayer is that this is a series that really helps you and helps us as a church to understand what biblical rest is and how it's different than just a day off or or just a vacation or just just a break. Deep spiritual rest is something God has actually designed in creation. And it's something he, he, he established it from the very beginning of creation. And without it, we're actually incomplete. And it's, it starts, we find this term Sabbath. And, and Sabbath, we don't have an English word for it. So we don't always understand what Sabbath means. It just sounds kind of like a religious term. Or if you grew up, maybe you grew up uh, Messianic Jew. Or you grew up uh, in a Jewish household. You've heard the term Sabbath. But in the, in the convention. Christian world, we haven't really heard this term. And the Sabbath, the term Sabbath, it just simply means to stop and delight or to stop and celebrate, to enjoy. And you know, the, it was it was woven into the fabric of creation on the very first week. It says God created the first six days of the week, and on the seventh day, it says He rested. And then it says He made. It says He made the day holy. And uh, you know, the the other six days of the week. One author put it this way: the six, the other, the first six days of the week were created for space. They were created for work. They were created for productivity. But the Sabbath was actually created for time, time that's set apart from the rest of the time of our week. And when we look at, when we look at Genesis, we find uh, God created uh, all the things that we, we love and we enjoy. It says he looked at this creation and he called it good. And he looked at, he created man. And he, when he looked at man, he said, man was very good. But then he looked at the, he created the seventh day and he looked at the seventh day and he declared it something completely different. He declared it holy. And I find this interesting. You know, there's this law of first reference when it comes to translating or understanding the importance of events in Scripture. And the first, this is the first thing that God declared holy. It wasn't a place. It was, he created the garden. He said it was good. He created man. He said, man is very good. But then he, he created this space of time and he created it holy. He set it apart. And, you know, this, this, um, when it comes to what God, what we find referring to first in the Bible, it sets it apart from other instances that we find it. So we're finding, we're finding that the first instance of the holiness of God being experienced on the earth wasn't in a place, but it was actually in time. It was in a time. It was in a time that was set aside. And uh, one, one author, Abraham Herschel, he writes in, this bo- in his book called Sabbath, he said, the greatest cathedrals that we will ever build will not be built in space, but they'll actually built, be built in time. When we make time for God's presence in our lives, 
we're actually allowing room to experience God in the very first way that he established for us to experience his presence. And that's, that's in the holiness of time. You know, we don't just observe the Sabbath. We actually receive and we enter the Sabbath. It's a time, God, you know, the Sabbath is coming every week. Whether we're ready for it or not, it's coming every week. But we don't always enter it every week. We don't always receive it every week. And it's, it's a time that God has set aside as holy. And there is an, there's a standing invitation to you and I saying, come and enter into this time of holy rest with me. And, you know, we find this, we find that at the very beginning of, of Genesis, we find this, this Sabbath, we find this day of rest established. And then we go on to read in the rest of the book of Genesis, there's actually a, a lot of chaotic happenings in the, in the book of Genesis. And it ends with the children of Israel being left in the land of Egypt, and then the Bible goes silent, or the story goes silent. It goes into 400 years of silence. And so when we pick up, it's the next book in the Bible, the book of Exodus, but it actually, that, that book starts 400 years later. We find that a lot of very negative things have happened. Now, the Israelites were God's chosen people. These are the, chil- the, 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 the sons and daughters of Abraham, They've been, they've been given this right from the very beginning of the promises that, that Abraham, through your, through your lineage, the nations of the earth will be blessed. Your, you know, your children will be, will be the head and not the tail. And, and there's, this, there's this promise of a promised land, this, this land of glory that, we, that, that they, had, they had been living on for all this time. But when we pick up On this first chapter in the book of Exodus, we find the Israelites are not people of promise. We find them as slaves. And we find that this promised land is nothing but a distant memory. And God's people are living in a state of continual slavery and bondage and tyranny to this this man named Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. And so moving forward, we find God raises up a man named Moses. And, and Moses leads the children of Israel out of this state of bondage and slavery and begins this journey to this land of promise. And uh, after, after Israel, after the children of Israel were freed from Egypt, one of the, one of the things that Moses reestablished, uh, and, and we find him... Re-establishing, reestablishing this at the time when the Ten Commandments were handed down, he reestablishes this seventh day that's holy, and it, and this is where we find it called Sabbath. And we find this in Exodus chapter thirty-one, fourteen. This is this is where Moses commands and instructs the nation of Israel. He says this about the Sabbath. He says, "You must keep the Sabbath day, for it's a holy day for you." It's a holy day for you. And in the Hebrew, that, that, that word holy, that, that a holy day for you, that actually implies that it's a day that adds holiness to you. It's a day that something is added to, to you personally. It's a day to allow yourself to be set apart for something different, something better, something holy, something set apart. And then he goes on to make this interesting statement later in the verse. He says, anyone who works on the Sabbath will be cut off from the community. 
And you can read this and think, well, here, here's Moses or here's God getting all judgy. It's like, if you don't do what I say, you know, cut off with you. We have no use for you. And it's, I, don't, I don't actually think this is the way this reads. I think this is, if you, if you read this in a certain way, it can sound like that. But I don't think that's the way it was meant to read. I think it was meant to read more like this. Anyone who works on the Sabbath will end up cutting themselves off from the community that I've intended for them, for that, from that relationship that I've intended with them. God, God gave them Sabbath as a gift. Sabbath isn't an, uh, an onerous rule to be obeyed. Sabbath is something to restore the soul of, of, of people and of community. And today's message, it's called Sabbath is for us. Yeah, last week, Monica talked about Sabbath is for you, and it is for you. It's a gift for you, but it's also a gift for us, that, that we would understand that life isn't just about work and production and results, but it's actually about being connected. It's about being in community. It's about being in relationship with one another. And this is what Moses went on to say. He said, the Sabbath exists forever or as a sign forever of the covenant between me and the people of Israel. For I made heaven and earth in six days. Then on the seventh day, I stopped my work and was refreshed. And uh, that word refreshed, in, in Hebrew, it's ve'anafash. And it's a Hebrew word that literally means, on this day, I, w I was given or bestowed with a soul. The 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 context of the verse is saying that Sabbath is actually a time where we receive our soul, where we're bestowed with a soul. Now, 40 years of wandering in the desert is what followed these commandments. The, the children of Israel didn't immediately go into the promised land. And it, the rest, this, this concept of Sabbath and this concept of rest was so important that right before the Israelites were about to go into the promised land, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses, Moses reminds them, he says this, remember what it was like when you were a slave. Then with overwhelming power, I brought you out of there. And that is why I have commanded you to observe the Sabbath each week. Isn't that an interesting connection? I want you to remember that you were a slave. I want you to remember that I delivered you. And, I, and this is why I'm commanding you to observe the Sabbath. They don't seem connected, but, but they are connected. Sabbath, when, when, when Moses restored Sabbath when, at, at Sinai, that was right after they left, left Egypt, he, there, there was this looking back to Eden, this back to restoration of the soul, back to this being bestowed with the soul. But in Deuteronomy, Moses calls their attention and says, I want you to remember back to Egypt, because Egypt is somewhere you never want to go back to. See, in Egypt, the Hebrews were slaves, Slaves don't get a Sabbath. When you read the account in Exodus of, of the tyranny that the, that the Israelites lived under, they, they didn't get breaks, they didn't get days off. They're just, the workload increased and increased and increased. 
Slaves don't get a Sabbath. Slaves are something less than human. Slaves are a commodity to buy and sell. They only have value in what they produce. They only have value for what they do or what they contribute. They work all day. They work every day until they die. Rest, having a soul, isn't an option for a slave. Rest is a byproduct of freedom. And in Egypt, there is no freedom and there is no rest. And this is what, what's interesting is Egypt is still, in, in the Bible, Egypt is a metaphor for the world and its systems. Egypt is, is a system of being that a, a way of living, it's a way of living under Pharaoh. Pharaoh is implacable and relentless. He's ruthless. He's cruel. And no matter how much you produce, it's never enough. You live under this ominous shadow of the daily quota. Or maybe the ominous shadow of accumulating more, 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 and more. And it's, it's the, that screaming for more and more. It's this economic system of Egypt as a whole that, that Moses is calling them to remember. Remember this system. And remember, you don't want to go back to this system. Egypt's appetite was insatiable. There's never enough. You can never have enough. You can never get enough. You can never produce enough. You can never be enough. There's not enough bread. There's not enough wine. There's not enough goods. There's not enough services. There's not enough bricks. It's just a system that hungers for more and more, but it's a system where there's never rest. Moses commanded the Israelites, remember the Sabbath, but also remember where you came from. Because there was no Sabbath where you came from. You were, you were a slave where you came from. And, and Sabbath is a way of resisting the pull of Egypt in our own lives. The, resisting the pull of the system of this world which says you are only what you produce. You are only what you do. And you know, when we look as a culture, we work more than we've ever worked before. Well, maybe not in the last year, but, but as a general rule, we've been, we've been adding more and more hours. The average hours that people have been working over the last uh, 20 or 30 years, it's, it's gone up 25%. The average leisure time, one, one study said the average rest time for, for people has gone down 37%. We work more and more Yet, it's not giving us rest. It's Egypt all over again. And this is why Moses is calling Israel to remember that in, in practicing the Sabbath, you remember not just that you're a slave. His command wasn't to remember that they're slaves, but to remember that they're slaves no longer. And the way we do this is through Sabbath. And practicing, practicing Sabbath is actually a way, it's an act of resistance to the way of Pharaoh or to the way of Egypt or to the system of this world. And, you know, there's a little Pharaoh that lives in all of us. It's, it's a, it, and, and Pharaoh pops up at the, at the worst times or, or, the, or pops up at times where he, to follow Pharaoh is going to put us in bondage or it's going, he's, it's going to put us in slavery. That endless desire for more, to, that bigger and better at any cost. And with that endless desire, there comes a restlessness. But Sabbath is about just setting that Setting that aside and being free from Pharaoh's, or from, Pharaoh, from Pharaoh's suffocating rule. The purpose of Sabbath, the, the purpose of Sabbath is to give us back our souls. 
not just to give you your soul, but to give us our soul, to restore the soul of our communities, to restore the souls of our friendships, of our families. It's a day to eat together. It's a day to talk together. It's a day to love and laugh together. You know, some Jewish communities actually ban the use of automobiles on the Sabbath. And it, it's not, not just to be inconvenient, but the, the purpose behind it was because it forced people to slow down and walk together. Because when we walk together, we talk together. We connect together. The Japanese theologian Kasuki Kiyama in his book, Three Mile an Hour God, he says this. He says, in Sabbath, our speed slows down to the speed of love. It's the speed at which we walk, three miles an hour. And to experience God and his love, we must slow down. God walks slowly because he is love. If he was not love, he would have gone much faster. It's slow, yet it is Lord over all other speeds because it's the speed of love. Sabbath is a gift of love. It's a gift of love to you. It's a gift that God gives us to give us back our soul, to refresh us individually, but also collectively. The practice of Sabbath, Sabbath teaches us to stop and to be. It teaches us to stop the pursuit of all the things we pursue the other six days of the week and allow God to refresh our souls. It's a gift that God has designed for you. It's a, a gift that God has designed for us because we need it. Our families need it. Our friendships and our communities need it. And so importantly, our souls need it. Sabbath is to remind you, you're not a slave. The system is not your Lord. And it's a day to remind each other that, that, that you're not a slave either. That we remind each other that we are not just what we produce, but, but we learn to be present with one another See, on the Sabbath, not only were you not to work, you, you actually weren't to, you weren't to do anything that could require others to work either. And so there's no restaurants open on the Sabbath. There's no shopping. There's no, there's no sending emails to employees. It's because you, the, the goal is to stop the slavery and to celebrate. It reminds us that we were created for relationship. We were created for community. You know, theologically speaking, it's, you know, that we talk about the mystery of the Trinity. And the, what's interesting, the profound truth of the Trinity is that God does not have relationships. God actually is relationship. We, we think of Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These are, we, we oftentimes talk about these are all three elements. They're all separate, but they're all united. But it's actually the relationship that is the sum, the sum total of that relationship is, that's what defines God, is the relationship. And experiencing God and, and, and his life in his fullness, it's not through achievement or accumulation. It's through relationship. It's through connection. And Sabbath reminds us it's not our activity alone that people around us need. People need our time and our presence. You know, what makes a community, it's not having certain buildings or rec centers or parks or, or you, you fill in the blank. What makes a community is people. It's their presence. It's their interaction together. Now, those other things can all lend apart, but the purpose of, of those other items or those, those other services, the purpose is to foster connection. 
This is what Sabbath is. It's a gift that God has given to us, but it's also a gift that we give to each other. It's a gift of rest. It's a gift of refreshing, and it's a gift of relationship. You know, there's such a danger in our, our, our hyper-individualistic society that we start to view everything through the, through the lens of self. But the, the command to Sabbath actually is not just a selfish command. It's given to us as a community. It's given to us as a church. Literally, it was given to a nation. And the reason is that true rest is when we all rest, when we all experience rest together. Sabbath is for us. Sabbath is for families. When it it comes to your family, your family is not a home. It's not a building. It's not a certain number of children or or even children at all. Family is relationship. Sometimes that relationship is biological, biological, but oftentimes that family is chosen. And it's, being, it's, it's choosing to be present to one another, being present with one another. And, and I think so often, you know, the, the best, some of the best gifts we can give to one another are when we, when we give the gift of rest. See, our children won't learn to rest if we don't, if we don't teach them how to rest. If we, if we keep busy with activities seven days a week, but we never learn to stop and celebrate, we're actually, we're actually setting not just ourselves, but we're setting them up for a life that's missing that, that holiness of time, that cathedral built in time, that sanctuary in time that nothing else can replace. So our, our friendships need Sabbath. See, Sabbath isn't just about stopping. It's about delighting. It's, about, it's allowing us to experience restoration in our souls together. It's saying no to busyness so we can say yes to being. It's saying no to projects so we can say yes to relationship. It's saying no to distractions so we can say yes to God's presence. It's saying no to the need to take control of everything, to realize that our own efforts can only take, take us so far And Sabbath is God's invitation to us to trust him with the details of our lives that, if we're honest, they're out of our control anyways. It's a weekly reminder that God wants to be with us. He wants to restore us in our mind, our body, and our soul. And and, and our communities need Sabbath. See, we grow in healthy communities and one of the things uh, you may have noticed this as well in the last uh, uh, the the last months of isolation is that community isn't strengthened very well in isolation. We we actually do need each other, and you know wounds don't heal; they don't get better. We don't get better alone. I find offenses get rehearsed, but offenses don't get resolved. Our personal opinions get entrenched but our perspectives just remain unchanged. Sabbath brings us together in community. Our communities need rest. We need relationship and we need refreshing. And so we've been talking a lot about spiritual practices in the last year. And there's, there's I think, a, a spiritual practice that, that is just such a great Sabbath spiritual practice. And that's the, the spiritual practice of a meal together. And, uh, you know, we've talked about how this, the practice of eating a, a daily meal w- with one another. But I want, I want to encourage you, 
use your Sabbath as a, as a chance to, to get, to eat a meal together with others. Invite others to be a part of this Sabbath meal, to be refreshed together. You know, when we plan, we, we plan our Sabbath meal, we plan it to be the best meal of the week. We, we talk about it, we text about it, we, we anticipate it, we plan it. What are you going to bring? What am I going to bring? I t- typically get asked, are you going to make your cinnamon buns? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's something we try to make it the best meal of our week. And you know, when, when we in, invite people into that, we, we're inviting people into the best part of our week. We're inviting people to not to just come and perform a duty or, or a service, but we're saying, come and just be with us. Come and just enjoy. Uh, come and just let's enjoy the holiness of this time together. And, you know, there are some great tips that we've discovered sometimes the hard way on, at, at this meal or, or, or on, our, on our Sabbath day is here's one a great tip that just personally, don't talk about work. Um, don't do anything or address anything that causes worry or stress. And this can be a tough one sometimes, especially if there's a lot going on in your life. But you actually need to rest from those things. You need to, you need to rest from the things that cause stress. Don't bring up, if you know you got a hot topic in your family, don't bring it up at that meal. This will be a challenge. I am not going to lie. Don't talk about conflicts. Don't talk about issues. And, you know, one of the things that we've, we've really tried to do is don't, try, don't talk about COVID. It's just so often it's like you're, you're in the middle of your meal and COVID comes up. And it's like, oh, so we're going to talk about COVID again, are we? Just, just put the muzzle on COVID. And, uh, you know, just... Just have a time, talk about what you're thankful for. Talk about, a, a great thing is talk about what you admire about one another. And remember, this is a physical meal, but also remember this is a relational and a spiritual meal. That's a, our body, our soul, and our spirit are being nourished and, ref, and refreshed as we come together. And I want to encourage you, reach out to someone, maybe even right now, someone you've been thinking you know, we should invite them over for barbecue or we should invite them over for supper. This would be a great time to just, you have permission, pull out your phone and send a text right now and say, hey, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to come over for barbecue? And hopefully it's not raining as I recorded this message at the beginning of June. But it, you know, you can have a barbecue in the garage. You know, just maybe it's going out to a restaurant together. I want to encourage you, take Take that time and learn to Sabbath with others. Share a meal together. And uh, I want to encourage you that as you do this, remember that, that God is actually there with you. He wants to bring refreshing to your soul. And, and as, I, as I close today, I want to just pray. I want to pray for us. I want to pray for you wherever you're at today. And I want to pray that you just experience that holiness of time. That, that, that setting apart of time that, that I believe there, there is no other substitute for in, when it comes to experiencing God's presence in our lives. And you can just pray with me wherever you're at. Father, I, just, I thank you that you, you did not create us to be slaves. You did not create us to be slaves to a system. You did not create us to be slaves to our desires or to accumulation or to progress, but you actually created us to be, 
to be restful. You created us to experience you in, in this holy moment of time. And that you created us for relationship. You created us for relationship with you, relationship for one another. And Father, I pray that you would, through this, through this series in, in the month of July, that we would just, we would learn how to experience the holiness of time. We would learn how to experience your rest in a way that's not just taking a, a day off or checking out, but learning how to be uh, spiritually rested, learning how to be rested emotionally, and learning how to be rested relationally. I pray that we would we would learn to to reach out and and be bringers of rest to those around us. That as we learn to as we learn to rest, we learn to be givers of rest as well. And if maybe you've never maybe you've never. Uh, had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never had a, said yes to his plan or his purpose for your life. You know, I want to lead us in one more prayer. And if you might, you might be thinking, you know, I want to discover what this means to follow Jesus. I want to discover what this means to, to, to follow in his plan and his purpose. You can just pray along with me as I pray right now. Father, I, I want to follow you. I want to follow your plan and your purpose for my life. I don't want to just strive. I don't want to just I don't want to just buy the lies of Egypt that say more 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 will make me happy. But I want to I want to embrace the life that you have for me. I want to embrace the relationship that you have for me. And I want to embrace I want to embrace the purpose that you have for me. Would you come into my life? Lead me. Speak to me. And help me understand what it means to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, I want to encourage you. You know what? You might have thought about somebody to, to invite to a meal. I want to encourage you. Make it, make it a practice this week. And going forward, make it a practice to reach out and invite people into that time of rest. And uh, maybe send that text right now. We hope you have a great week and that's filled with God's presence. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.